What's up, mom and dad? Welcome to the Raising Competitors podcast. My name is Jake Thompson. I am the founder and chief encouragement officer at CompeteEveryday.com. And I'm excited to welcome you to our weekly show where we help you as parents learn ways that you can teach the traits of a winning competitor to your kid so that they can win in school, in sports, and in life. Traits like grit, gratitude, growth mindset, leadership, and how to pursue, how to build greatness. See, we all know that talent isn't the winning factor in life. Talent only takes you so far. It's the things like your effort, your grit, your leadership ability that help you truly stand out in school, in sports, and most importantly, throughout life. And that's what this show is all about. Today, I'm excited to welcome to the show Texas High School Coaches Association President and Rockwall High School Head Football Coach Rodney Webb to the show. Coach Webb and I have been connected on Twitter for a while, and you can follow him along as well if you'd love to check out at Jacket for the number four life, at Jacket for life. Coach Webb and I talk about how he's developed his culture there at Rockwall, how he leads other coaches through the Texas High School Coaches Association. What are the most important things he's doing in teaching the coaches that are helping mentor, coach, and develop our youth athletes today? And then most importantly, How's his approach to leadership? What is his specific view on building leaders, on investing in other leaders instead of just trying to accumulate followers? So I think you're going to learn a lot from this conversation today with one of the state's best, one of Texas high school's leaders in the field, working every day with your coaches and your athletes. So I'm excited to welcome to today's episode of the Raising Competitors podcast, Coach Rodney Webb. Coach, welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me on. Man, I I, uh, I appreciate you having some time to sit down with us today, talk about leadership, coaching. First, to help everyone get to know you a little bit better, give us just a snapshot of where you are at school and then also your work with the Texas High School Coaches Association. Well, I'm the head football coach and campus athletics coordinator at Rockwell High School, and I'm finishing my sixth year. This fall will be my seventh season uh, to, uh, to coach the football team at Rockwall. And it's my 29th year overall in coaching. It's, uh, uh, th- this is my passion, and it's my calling, and it's all I've ever wanted to do, and it's all I've ever done. And, and so uh, um, my involvement with the THSCA started in 2011. Um, I got elected to the board of directors that year. And um, – I served my my term on the board, and then I finished my term. And then uh, my after one year of being off the board, I got nominated for the presidency and won that election last summer. So getting to currently serve as the president of the THSCA, and, and uh, that's been a, a very, very rewarding opportunity for me. Um, I'm still waiting for my first paycheck, you know, <laughs> those not paying gigs, but it and it, and it it requires quite a bit of time, but it's a labor of love for me for sure. And it's an opportunity to, to, uh, uh, you know, assume a leadership role. And, you know, I think a lot of us coaches are the same in that we, uh, you know, I've never thought of myself as being one of the older guys in the room. I still think of myself as being a young coach and there's still so many coaches in our profession that are role models for me that are a little bit older, that have been around a little bit longer, but there is a point that you look around the room and you say like, 
wow, there, there aren't that many guys in the room that have done this longer than I have. And so, you know, I had that, uh, the opportunity in 2011 to, to kind of take a leadership role and, and, uh, uh, I, I'm just whatever I can possibly do to help enhance the quality of our profession. I'm all about doing it. I love it. I love it. Let me ask you, who were some of the people and coaches that just influenced you maybe early in your coaching career and then that still do today? You know, a lot of guys uh, in this profession are, are sons of coaches and, and, uh, my father uh, was a middle school coach. He was ne- it was not a really a career for him, um, but I would say my, the earliest influence I had was my dad um, that, that got me interested in being a coach and really helped me foster a, a love for the game of football and for athletics in general. Um, and then at, as a coach, uh, well, let me back up a little bit. I would say that my high school coaches were tremendous role models for me. In fact, my favorite coaches in high school were also English teachers. So when I went to Tarleton State University, I wanted to major in English and become a football coach. I wanted to be like those guys that coached me in high school and be like my heroes. So, you know, those guys had a tremendous impact on me. I went to North Garland High School up here in the DF area, and it was guys like Steve Baker and David Ferris and Ed Berry uh, that had tremendous impacts on me uh, as a teenager. And then, you know, uh, going through college, uh, Tarleton State, I played for Bill Pringle and Hal McAfee. Both those guys had a tremendous impact on me. And then as a coach, I haven't, you know, I'm not one of those guys that really coached in a program under anybody that was really legendary. Um, I, I coached several places and, and coached with a lot of good guys. But honestly, it's, it's a few guys that I coached with along the way that a lot of people have never heard of that really had the biggest impact on me. There's a guy named John Roberts that is uh, retired. Now he's been retired for almost uh, 20 years now, but uh, coaching with John Roberts early in my career was a, it had a ton of wisdom just about uh, not necessarily X's and O's, but how you handle kids and how you handle your business, how you handle parents. I learned a ton from him. And uh, Glenn Bachock as a a baseball coach was just a guy that imparted a lot of wisdom to me just about how, just coaching in general, again, not necessarily how you coach football, but, but just how you handle people and establish relationships and, and, and manage uh, uh, your business. Um, so uh, those are guys that had huge influences on me. Uh, I coached for a man named Bill Patterson. Uh, my last assistant coaching job at Naaman Force High School, I was just there for one semester uh, because I got a head coaching job. And uh, the one semester I spent with Bill Patterson, was probably the most valuable semester of my of my coaching career because Bill uh, Bill is and he kind of is a legend and uh, uh, he's a guy that, uh, that helped me helped me tremendously as well. I love that and and I love the fact just for our listeners that you mentioned it wasn't necessarily people from these historic programs these well known dynasties that were influencing you it was people all throughout your life and so it doesn't matter kind of what position we're in, we, we have that ability to positively make an influence on others. What are some of the things that you're seeing? You've obviously been in this game for a while. You not only see it on the local level, but on the statewide level. What do you see as the biggest changes in coaching high school over the last, you know, 20 years? How has it changed dramatically from when you started to, to today? Well, you know, the game itself has changed a lot. Uh, football is a yeah. sport that's constantly going through evolution. And, 
uh, not only the, the X's and O's end of it, but I think the way we have to coach our kids, one thing that I think has changed dramatically is that you've got to, you've got to approach your kids a little bit differently because they have so many more options these days. And it's really important to uh, – you, you got to find that balance between toughness. Football, football is a tough sport, and, and the discipline that it requires, you've got to demand those things. But you also, as a coach, you've got to make it fun for them, and you've got to make it – you've got to give – there's got to be some redeeming value that the kids see or they're going to go do something different. So I think we've got to work a little bit harder as coaches to uh, – to, to make it fun for our kids. And I think, I think that's changed a little bit over the years. Um, and then I, I think the, the, the landscape of, of, of social media and, and managing, uh, managing the, the impact of social media on our kids. And, and as I tell our kids all the time, there's this, there's this Twitter alternate reality where people sort of, uh, they sort of create their own narrative. They're the star in their own movie, and it, but it's but it's not based in reality. And and so we've got a lot of kids that that feel like you know I get on Twitter and I see all these guys that have all of these offers and opportunities and all this cool stuff they're doing, and I, I feel like a miserable failure because I'm not like them. But the reality is, for a lot of those kids, it, it's, it's their own narrative, and it, and they're they're not living in reality either. So I think, you know, trying to manage social media and just uh, keeping things real with our kids is, is a bigger challenge than it's ever been before. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I even think back to myself being in high school, you know, back in graduating 2002, you didn't have that. You didn't see who in the district, even the guys who competed with who were signing other places and getting commitments. You might hear it at a camp every so often, but now it's every other day on Twitter and, and not, like you said, not even necessarily reality, which is the trap that we fall into really at any age. The one thing I love that, that stuck out about what you said was the importance of the kids having fun. And one of the things that I've heard echoed by a few different coaches uh, is how the just dramatic changes they're seeing in the youth sports before the kids ever get to them and kids getting burnt out um, well before the kid ever steps foot on a high school campus, they've been burnt out on the sport. You are obviously Rockwall continues. That area is exploding, but I still consider it a, a nice mix between a little small town feel and, and big city. Uh, what are some things that, you know, perhaps you're seeing or you're encouraging parents and youth coaches to take on or, or to step up and do in that space to help the kids still enjoy the sport uh, and not be burnt out before the time they even get into high school? That's a great question. I, you know, I think one thing that, that uh, I, we have a, a youth coaches clinic every summer um, and, and uh, which is really cool because I get the opportunity to, to spend a couple of hours and my staff gets to spend some time with these guys um, we, we tend to coach the way that we were coached and, and the game has changed so much that if you haven't, if you haven't been around the game in the last 15 or 20 years, it's a lot different now. And so, you know, um, I, I talk to the coaches about limit the amount of time that you practice, you know, practice smarter, not harder. And, and um, we talk about, you know, drills, like don't run a drill where you've got 20 kids in line and one kid doing something or two kids doing something and, and everybody else is standing around. So, you know, create ways to involve all the kids in a drill. 
And instead of doing one drill for 15 minutes, you can do it for five minutes. And if you're smart about it, everybody gets the same opportunity they would have gotten in that 15 minute time period. So things like that, I think uh, we do around Rockwall to help educate our youth coaches. Um, uh, you know, I, I played in the era where <laughs> we got, we got denied water as is kind of a toughness measure. And, and, uh, are we, you know, I remember I played for a peewee team that they would give us salt tablets or we would get ice chips and uh, it's so silly. Now we've gotten so much smarter. And, and I would just say that, you know, there's still some guys out there that have that kind of old school mentality and it just doesn't work anymore. And, and, uh, so, you know, don't, don't deny your kids water, give them breaks, keep them fresh. Um, because again, they do have so many other options and, 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 and uh, we just have to do everything we can to, to, to foster a love of the, of the sport. And, and as, we, as I tell my parents, football, foot, we want to make football fun. It doesn't mean it's always fun. Sometimes it's not going to be fun. Yesterday's spring practice was not really fun because it was pretty hot and humid out there. Um, the third week of August practice is not really going to be fun. But, but the sport can still be fun as a whole, even though, the, you know, there's, there are those tough stretches, uh, uh, those tough moments you got to get through. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and it goes back to the idea of working toward the goal. The, the work, the grind, the, the process put into it doesn't necessarily have to be fun all the time to be the right process. It's putting you in that position to reap those rewards on Friday night or, or in the office or wherever that is uh, that allow you to do that. One of the things I'm curious about with you is because of your leadership role, not only there at the school, you've got so many different audiences that you were leading and investing in from the players you work with to the coaches on your staff to the other coaches as part of the association. What are the things that you see or you try to really hammer home in those, I guess, the coaches that on your staff and the coaches in the association to help them be better leaders? What are kind of those core things that you're preaching over and over and over again to them so that they can step into the type of leader that's going to make the right impact? Well, I, I think my answer to that would just be, be real simple. I think it's, it's just uh, – <laughs> It's just be a good person. It's, it's be a good person. Be a human being. Don't try to be somebody that you're not, uh, you know, don't, don't try to, um, obviously you, you would want to emulate people that you feel like uh, lead in a good way, but, but uh, um, more than anything, you know, no right from wrong, um, have a good heart, be a good communicator. Um, it, it is, it is not complicated. What we're doing is not complicated and we, we make it complicated sometimes. And, um, and it, that would be my message would just be, uh, you know, if you've, if you've got a, a servant's heart and, uh, you know, you've got a little bit of common sense, you can make it a long way in this profession. How do you think that we, uh, just out of curiosity, how do you think are ways that we tend to overcomplicate some of that? Well, I think, and I'll go back to social media, you know, you get on Twitter and, and everybody's got an idea. Everybody's got something they do in their program that they, that they promote. We have that here at Rockwall. Um, you, you got an idea of, of a way to help develop culture in your program or a, a way to motivate your kids. And I think that if you're not careful, you, you, you wind up, uh, overdoing that and you got 20 20 great ideas and you you wind up getting so preoccupied with the the shtick 
so to speak, of what it is you're doing that, that you forget what the real message needs to be. So um, I talk to my guys all the time here at Rockwell about let's keep things simple. Let's keep it simple. Love it. I love it. And uh, simplicity pays off in so many areas is that laser like focus, not only from a game plan and, and guys on the field being able to play faster uh, because they're not spending all that time trying to process the information, but just the way we lead, we work and we grow of, of keeping the process simple, clean and, and focused that we've talked about a handful of times on this show. Uh, the last thing I'm just curious from your standpoint is because we, we talked about you mentioned about football being a tough sport and, and it is a tough sport in the deed. And, and a lot of ones out there require a lot of sports out there require this grit, this right mindset for people to excel in that it's not necessarily going to be easy at all times. It's going to be uncomfortable in moments. How do you push through that? What are some things that you and your staff intentionally do to, to invest in your kids in terms of helping them grow that, that mindset, that mental toughness, um, that you're also encouraging those youth coaches and parents to do as well? Well, in our program, I think it's more than anything is that we're constantly trying to make our kids a little bit uncomfortable. Whatever it is we're doing is we want to, we want to push them slightly out of their comfort zone. You can't go overboard because if you go overboard in this day and age, now you're getting into issues with parents. You're getting into legal issues. You're getting, uh, you're, you're, you're crushing kids spirits and and you're you're running them away from the game but you you got to find that balance you can't make it easy you know you can't make it um it can't be a country club or or else now you now you you know you're losing uh, a, a lot of the, the very reason football is such a great sport uh, the ultimate team sport and so i think to, you know for us we're constantly in season out of season whether we're on the turf we're in the weight room whatever it is we're doing we're constantly trying to push our kids a little bit out of their comfort zone. And then, you know, the, the, the more you do that, the more they're capable of handling. Yeah. And one of the things that I know your staff does incredibly well is the kids know how much y'all care about them and their success, not only in that moment, in that locker room, but in life, which allows them to step a little bit more into that discomfort. It's one of the things that I love about just coaching practice in general and great coaches is that, players or clients know that the coach cares, which is why the coach is able to push them uh, into those new places to help them grow. Uh, I guess lastly, going forward, we, we've talked a few times about social media and, and not falling into the trap of, of what's out there. What about for you personally, what are ways that you limit uh, playing that comparison game, limiting those distractions of what the latest and greatest is in the coaching space or who's doing what, so that you're really dialed in on your team and then also your association role? Well, you know, from a football standpoint, we're constantly evaluating. We're, we're always in, in offseason. We're in research and development mode um, when it comes to offensive and defensive special team schemes. And also when it just comes to coaching methodology, we're, we're always in research and development mode. And, and there's not a recruiter that comes through this office or a clinic that we attend or a college that we go visit or a high school coach that I, that I socialize with that, that I'm not trying to glean things from them. And then it's just a matter of taking those things and deciding what fits with us. And, and, you know, you go to a clinic and you're going to hear a hundred different good ideas, but you can't do them all. 
And, and I, I think the same thing is true with, with the way we run our programs. And, and uh, so we're, we're constantly taking information that we've gotten and saying, does, does this fit with us? And 90% of the time, it doesn't. You know, we're, we're very, very selective when it comes to, you know, adapting new methodologies and, and things in our program. But, but when we come across a good idea that we think fits, we want to try to implement it. And, and so I would say that that's probably my best answer to the question is that we're just very, uh, we're very selective. When coach comes to me and says, hey, I think this is a really good idea, my first question is going to be why. Tell me why it's a good idea. Tell me why it fits in what we do. Um, if they can, if they can communicate that and uh, enunciate that, and, and uh, uh, you know, then a lot of times we'll adapt it. I love it. I love it. Well, and I love the fact that y'all aren't shying away from looking and researching and seeing what's out there. Uh, but then you're always taking that and putting it through the lens of does this fit with us and our program? Coach, this has been fantastic. I appreciate you taking some time out today uh, just to spend with us talking leadership, coaching, and, and investing in others. Tell us how we can follow you because I know as much as we've talked about it, you're active on Twitter. Tell us how we can find you, follow you on there, and then follow along this season. Yeah, so, so my, my Twitter handle is at jacket for life and I, and I think it's a numeral four, like jacket for life and uh, yeah, I mean, I get on there some. I, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, I'm not one of those guys that post stuff all the time. And a lot of times it's a little bit silly, but uh, that's how you can find me on social media. I love it. I love it. And I follow, I followed Coach along for a while, which is how we connected uh, on this. And and obviously, for anyone following, give him a follow. You'll be able to see how they do this season, cheer them on, and then just learn a little bit more from you as we go along. Coach, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Thanks again, mom and dad, for listening to a brand new episode of the Raising Competitors podcast. As always, if you want to follow along, learn more about Raising Competitors, learn more lessons and stories of how you can instill the traits of a winning competitor into your kids, be sure to visit RaisingCompetitors.com. You can sign up for our monthly newsletter that collects resources for you, articles, interviews, things that can help you at home to help your kids win at school, in sports, and in life. So that's RaisingCompetitors.com. I'll see you next week.